This is episode six, boozing, puffin', and the herb derb. Jesus drank grape juice, weed is everywhere. Hello, hello. We're just two normal dudes trying to live this Jesus life. My name's Josh. Hey, hey. This is Andrew, and we are This Jesus Life Podcast. Josh, what's up, my man? Episode Dude, 6. how are you doing? I'm pretty good. Uh, pretty good, man. It's been stormy here, so if I lose you in the middle of this thing, that's why. But overall, can't complain, man. How's your internet coming into the house? Above ground? <laughs> No, <laughs> no, but we might lose power. We've had intense uh, okay. storms, dude. Like two times today, just crazy okay. storms. Like we've yeah. had like not intense storms, but enough of a gray sky to freak my dog out that he thinks thunder's coming, <laughs> so he won't leave my side. That's an observant dog, man. Oh, just like hey, it's getting gray one. again. He's like constantly shaking. You're like, dude, like there's nothing even happening right now. Try to go outside like, with him, and he wanted no part of it. <laughs> oh my gosh that's funny dude i actually i could complain and i have been complaining a lot because my daughter's teething uh big time so sleep has been brutal and she skipped her nap today she took no nap where like she's been taking four hour naps just skipped it outright today it was so rough. hopefully she sleeps so, yeah hopefully I hope hopefully she's so. like just completely exhausted yeah, I gave her a big shot of whiskey, um, so hopefully, nice. um, yeah. No, uh, if you're listening, I did not. That's a joke. Refer to That's, the episode title. If you're, if you're listening, don't let him lie to you. We're on video right now. I can see his daughter in the background <laughs> with a whiskey bottle. No, stop it. I did give her Motrin, though, about an hour before. Uh, kids Motrin? Motrin. Like pain medicine? It's like ibuprofen for kids, gotcha. but it's like in this liquid form. That you... gotcha. Yeah, it's good stuff. It works. Dude, as I look at our intro again that we thought was creative and exciting, yeah. Yeah. I was told this week by somebody that I know that listens to our podcast that it's lame and he doesn't understand wow. it. All oh, right. Crap. It's like, wow. just build this up, my friend. Like, so great of you yeah. to let me know. He said, music, top great. notch. Love the music. <laughs> But the hello, hello, hello thing and the hey, hey, no, that's stupid. Dude, like, it's like, uh, yeah, do we reject that criticism? Uh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> we just you know what? It should have came with good yet. criticism always comes with a solution, right? He should have gave right. me a solution. He said, you know what, Josh? Yes. This is what you should have said. So yeah. to you listening right now, we won't name you, though your yeah. name starts with a P and ends with an R. Uh, we won't yeah. name you, uh, yeah. Last but name we're going to keep our intro S. until you give us a better one. Yeah. Yeah. So security number is seven. (laughs) You need to uh, group text us and give us your top three uh, intros you'd like to hear. Yeah, Uh, we'll test them out over the next three episodes, and then we'll let our listeners tell you how hard it is to write an intro. Yeah. Yeah. So wait, our intro, we added to it where we say the episode title, which is boozing, puffin, and the herb herb. Boob. (laughs) We're not talking about boobs. (laughs) Let's be really clear about that. Not yet. Boozing, <laughs> uh, puffing, and the herb derb. The herb derb. <laughs> well, boozing is drinking, puffing is smoking. Of course, the herb derb is that green plant it's that Colorado comes from the Colorado smoking. Yeah. It's Colorado smoking. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. We call it marijuana or right. weed. 
uh, or Ahuana. I don't have any other names. I should. I, yeah. I just, sorry, I'm yeah. not up to date on the the weed culture, but um, yeah, yeah we're not. talking. I mean, you're in Colorado, dude. Like, I thought you'd be pretty pro. Which most people would believe, right? Like right. most people believe that because I'm from Colorado, I carry around bags of weed with me at all right. times, ready they to don't smoke it. You vape. You gotta vape it too. How does vaping work? Is it? I don't know. Isn't all liquid like oils? I don't know. Or do you like shove the actual weed inside the vape? I ask you because I know you <laughs> I, vape. So. I, no, I don't. Vape. Come on, man. <laughs> Not at all. No, no. Uh, but it is liquid. I do actually know that it's some okay. sort of liquid infused with the drug part of marijuana gotcha that's kind of all i know so we're probably not the people to answer these questions but we're really talking about like <laughs> can christians can followers of jesus so they're trying to live this jesus life can they uh, partake in the booze and the puffin and the herb derbs right right and it's tricky because to me the bible is pretty clear uh in some senses of like being drunk being controlled by other things that aren't God, um, it's pretty mm-hmm. clear that's not bueno, not yeah. good, not okay. Um, but can you partake? That's that's where a lot of people don't agree, for sure. Oh, for sure. Like, I was looking at statistics on, like, um, Lifeway did some research, and granted, Lifeway is a Southern Baptist, you know, organization, so um, they're probably pulling a lot more Southern Baptists than, than other denominations. Um, yeah. But it's it's relatively split on what they think is whether or not they believe alcohol is a sin or not and taking any part of it. Um, most of them agree that being drunk is 100% a sin. There's really no Mm -hmm. way around that. The 23% -hmm. say, Oh no, (laughs) I'm not not (laughs) sure how you get there, but that's fine. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just selective reading. I had a pastor buddy once tell me, uh, I didn't think I was 21 yet. Um, maybe he was like trying to make sure I, I took the right stance on it. But I remember him telling me as a, a 20, 19, 20 year old, and he's like, you know, that Jesus, um, uh, the, the wine that he made was actually more like grape juice because the fermentation process actually hadn't happened yet. Um, which is funny. We can like list that into the things, the funny things Christians say, right. Uh, right. It's really grape juice. Good old Southern Baptist uh-huh. pastor, um, totally. taking that stance, but. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, my friend, uh, history does not say that. Nowhere in history does that claim that that to be true, that they were more right. than capable of making alcoholic wine uh, in right. the day of Jesus. And not only that, it was normal. And not only that, we see it in Scripture yeah. um, that Paul tells us, or Paul tells Timothy maybe. I, I'm not remembering off the top of my head, but um, that drink you should take, take yeah, care of your stomach. Don't drink just Timothy. water. Drink some wine yeah. and take some care yeah. of your stomach. So there has to be some form of alcohol. Yeah. Inside what do you think statement? the letter that Timothy wrote to Paul was about where he was like, I, everything's going pretty good, but I do have a lot of diarrhea. What should I do? <laughs> <laughs> and Paul's like, take, I got just drink some wine, dude. <laughs> You're going to be fine. Uh, yeah, man. Maybe and he's hey, lactose intolerant. That, he did not know that at the time. Eating too much <laughs> right. cheese. Yeah. Way too much cheese. Even in that same story though, about Jesus um, and turning the water into wine, the, it just doesn't pass the sniff test that it's grape juice because the ruler at the end of the story, the, the one yeah. they were like celebrating the wedding of um, was like to the servants, like, why'd you save the great wine for last? What are you thinking? We put yeah. out the good wine first here, you know? So yeah. come on, not grape juice. That's true. Well, and how crazy is it that 
that Jesus' first miracle was turning water into wine when there's such like tension over on what side Christians stand and what's okay and what's not okay. Like, you know, man, I just had something hit me when you said that. Jesus was like really not a fan of the Pharisees and really in their face. The Pharisees, you know, like super religious um, Jews sure. of the day, like he was always really in their face. <laughs> like you're a whitewashed tomb. You, you're a hypocrite. Uh, don't, don't, or do what they say, but don't live how they live. All that yeah. stuff. Yeah. And I wonder if he was like, yeah, later on, a lot of Christians are going to really struggle with is drinking okay or is it not okay? So I'm just going to mess with them and make my first miracle water to wine. He's like taking on the religious. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Maybe. I, and mm-hmm. we're not the we're not unique in that. Like we're not the only generation yeah, yeah. to think about that. But well, and maybe it also depends it was something on the part about of, breaking it down in advance. Well, it also depends on the part of like what part of the the country. We'll just use the United States as an example yeah. that you come from, right? It really seems to be a lot more cultural than anything else. Like I come from Arizona. I spent most of my life there, um, and yeah. when I turned twenty one, I lived in Arizona. And Arizona, I always say, is like the tip end of the Bible Belt. It might skip over. Um, yeah. New Mexico, that's like the little dip in your belt um, <laughs> going over the the holes. but And then you got that little tip in because everyone attends church. Everyone is yeah. – um, they yeah. take this stance of unmorally um, right, um, and nobody drinks in public. Like if you're a huh. Christian, you don't drink in public. Um, you yeah. don't even really say that you ever drink. It's not really a thing. Um, right. But if you do drink, you better drink very secretively and in your home so nobody else can see you, right? Like that's their stance on it. Um, and then I moved to Colorado and I'm having uh, lunch with, with a pastor friend when I first moved here. Uh, and he lived, or his church is across the parking lot from a Buffalo Wild Wings, yeah. which by the way, if my church was from across the parking lot, Buffalo Wild yeah. Wings, I'd be twice the size that I am today. Dude. Cause I'd be eating there all the time. Yes. Yes. Wings. And he gets a beer at lunch while we're eating lunch. And that was my question. I was like, wait, wait, wait he's, a, he's a pastor. Did you pastor. say lawyer or pastor? He's a 100% pastor. Wow. Okay. Drinking alcohols. Okay. Um, so I'm sitting there like, and I even asked him, I was like, dude, like, can you drink? And he's like dumbfounded. Like, he's like, what are you talking about? I was like, aren't like people going to see you? And he's like, what? Like, no, like this is, he's like, this is nothing. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? Uh, so like Colorado Christian yeah. Christianity has this culture of drinking's okay. It's not, it's yeah. not that big of a deal. Um, it's not a moral issue of right or wrong. It's just something that we could take to a sinful place. Uh, yeah. And then you go into like the South South, and I would assume it's back to the end of the Bible Belt, like yeah. Arizona. But totally. What was your What was your experience with alcohol growing up? Uh, growing up, I was in a like in Ohio. I would say it's culturally totally fine to drink. Um, excuse me. I grew up in a pretty yeah, pretty conservative home uh, where like my parents didn't drink. They, they still don't. They might have a glass of wine occasionally if they like visit us and we're having a nice meal, you know, gotcha. but that's pretty much the only time they drink at all. So, you're so like a temptist. <laughs> you tempt them when they come no, out and you're like, no. mom, it tastes so good. Just like grape juice. <laughs> no, no, but it's pretty normal for us. If we're going to make like a really nice Sunday dinner or something yeah. like that's a great reason to open a bottle of wine, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and that's kind of, kind of where we're at on it. Um, and always, 
I'm never pressuring them. Like, have yeah. some wine, have some wine. I'm just like, you hey, just like you pour it eat? in their mouth while they're sleeping, so they yeah. don't get the flavor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, soak it in. Um, yeah, man. So to me, it was like very Ohio. The drinking culture is more like it's fine. You know, okay. <laughs> if you if you want to, cool. If you don't want to, that's fine. Um, but we were kind of on the far end of like, what don't about do that ever? Yeah. What about going to a Christian college? What was that like in drinking? Granted. Oh, that was majority that was of very the years much, you shouldn't allow to be drinking. <laughs> dude, that was like totally. I went to you know kind of nowhere, middle of Indiana, Indiana College, um, Indiana Wesleyan University. Wesleyans don't really drink. I mean, they do, but when I was going there, if you were a member of the church, you had to sign off on I don't drink alcohol um, huh. to be a member, a voting member. Um, to be a non-voting member, you could sign. Uh, you didn't have to say you don't drink. Um, so interesting. Anyway. Yeah. So it, at Indiana Wesleyan, it was very much hide it if you do. It was real secret. Um, okay. And but, don't vote, essentially. Uh, yeah. If you do. Yeah. But and it was it really was hidden a lot. I remember though, uh, my junior year, I was sitting next to, or I was in a business class, and this girl came in and sat down next to me, like in the desk or row or whatever next to me, and it was like a eight or nine a.m. class, and she, I remember, she took a sip out of her coffee tumbler, and I immediately smelled just straight vodka. Oh, I'm gosh. like, I looked at my watch. I'm like. What? I have a friend like, that I want to ask you. Was it her? But I, I won't. I won't bring no, any no, of that up. No, no, it wasn't her. It wasn't her. It's nobody you know. Uh, her name start with uh, D. <laughs> Just kidding. No, no, it start wasn't. But, <laughs> but uh, dude, yeah. So it was very much hidden. And honestly, okay. I didn't. I didn't really drink much at all through college. Like I yeah. was. I just was fine without it, you know. Sure. It's, still say it was fine without it um yeah but yeah man but it was hidden for sure at, at well and in Wilson. college like you can't drink to your senior year anyways right legally. right yeah yeah but yeah man Cal yeah my, my experience yeah. with alcohol like i've always drank since i was 21 i drank in high school too um, yeah now i drank in high school to get too. drunk because that's rebellious. what all my friends did um yeah. you know we go on hockey trips and our coach would buy us a bunch of booze uh, typically like Coors Light, something right. cheap and easy. But um, and then you know when I decided <laughs> to take stuff. Christianity seriously, I stopped drinking. Yeah. Um, one because I was underage, but two like culturally, that's what you did. Right. Um, and then we turned twenty one, we started drinking again. So my brother turned twenty one a year after I did, um, and when he turned twenty one is probably when we started drinking more. As we had poker nights, and now we get into gambling. Not that we we're passing money because let's be honest we all sucked at poker and no one wanted to lose any money uh, we we're all poor <laughs> college students um, i don't think i've ever played a round of poker for more than five bucks like with friends I did. that inevitably oh, lasts yeah. like six hours you know yeah. and you walk away with 20 bucks if you win all of it well and for us like every we used to play almost every friday night we had a group of friends that would come over and play poker and it usually ended with us just being bored and there was no winner yeah. we just ended up doing something crazy like oh, i'm going yeah. all in um, mm -hmm. Just because we wanted to do something else, just because we wanted to go drink and smoke cigars on the back porch, like that's really what we're getting. <laughs> so for me, like drinking has always been extremely social. Like I'm not yeah. someone that drinks that often on uh, by themselves. Though during COVID, I've drinking more by myself than I, I think, usually do because dude, I I'm think in COVID. Everyone in the nation that drinks has drank more than they normally do. But I also, the other part was I fell in love with bourbon right before COVID started. So like 
right. last August, September. Right. Um, and a good bourbon. One yeah. glass of good bourbon is fantastic. But yep. Um, yep. So it's always been extremely social for me, drinking. Um, and some of my best conversations I've ever had um, in you know, kind of discovering ourselves or understanding God better or having conversations about callings and all those kinds of things happened over um, sitting on the back porch, smoking a cigar and drinking. Yeah. Uh, in that time, beer. Um, yeah. It's funny, man. I, um, you say smoking a cigar, that is, uh, that's something that I just can't really touch anymore. Like I, so I, um, when I was like, I think I was 17, I got a job. No, I was, I had to be 18, almost 19, got a job, um, mowing and trimming, uh, at a cemetery in Zanesville, Ohio. And it was, dude, it was really fun actually. Um, kind of creepy, really fun, like salt of the earth people I was working with, but everybody I worked with either, uh, smoked cigarettes or dipped. And I didn't really get why, you know, I was like, what the heck are you doing? And then I did the job for like three weeks and I'm like, I'm so bored of mowing and trimming. I like, I'm going to pick up a can of dip, you know? And I just started doing it as like doing something and then pretty quick, man, I was like, just totally hooked on it. Um, and then honestly, off and on for years, it was like, I'd quit. Um, it would take all this effort and then there would be some occasion where I'd start it up again. So yep. for me, tobacco, I don't, tobacco hasn't really ever been the, the thing that I've viewed as sinful around it has been hiding it. Sure. Um, because I've, I've hit it, uh, when it was, when I was doing it. So, um, that's the thing that was sinful, but it's like it didn't uh, it it only would alter your state for like the first the very early phase you'd feel like some sort of buzz almost mm-hmm. from the the nicotine yeah. and that was like very early on but then pretty quick after that it was only like to not have a headache you know it wasn't like it oh. altered your personality it wasn't like it altered yeah. the way you felt anything like that it was just like yeah, I'm staving off a headache. It's it's not going to come because I'm doing this dip or whatever. Um, but yeah, for me, that's one of those things like I just can't and I don't really have a desire for a cigar, but I just can't uh, open that door. You know, sure. it's just in the past for me. So, yeah, that's yeah, man. And so I, I think that brings up a good that. point. Like whether we're talking about alcohol, we're talking about smoking or we're talking about uh, the herb derb. Um, I'm just going to keep calling it because I think it's funny. Like addiction's a real thing, right? Like, and yeah. at that point, I think you're walking into sin. When you let anything control you, that's not Jesus. Um, like you're living in sin at that point. Yeah. Um, so I, I think you have to be careful of all those things and in, in drinking and smoking and um, in marijuana use. Um, I don't know enough about where marijuana to say it's addictive or not addictive. I know there's studies on both sides, but um, I, I think it's one of those things. That, like if you if if you think that you absolutely need it, um, like you can't live without it, like yeah. that's some form of addiction, right? And it's destructive yeah. to your life. Uh-huh. Like that's an addiction. Like I could even you could even say you know prescription medication is the same thing. Oh, totally. Prescription yeah. medication can take you down those same roads that yeah. would lead to sin. Um, now with like I don't know, we get into the marijuana conversation. Like yes, weed is everywhere. We see it, especially. You know, for me, I'm here in Colorado. It's been legalized yeah. for year, years. Um, we see rec- recreational marijuana places throughout the state, not in all counties, but in 
in a, a fair amount of them. Um, well, that's becoming the norm across the nation, man. I think yeah. 10 years, and it'll probably be pretty much every state yeah. has recreational. Because before yeah. that, it was black and white, right? Like, yes. as followers of Jesus, we we obey the laws of the land as long as they yeah. don't violate God's commands. Um, and the law of the land was you don't smoke weed. It's a, it's, yeah. it's a crime. Um, so we avoided that. Well, now that we're in this weird gray area... Yeah. Like, is it sin? Is it not sin? Then it gets really weird. And, and the thing that I don't know enough about marijuana, like, I don't, I won't say I have a stance for it or against it. I'm just going to lean yeah. against it because it seems safer um, yeah. in terms of avoiding sin. But, like, the, the thing with marijuana is I, I don't know when you become intoxicated. And that's really the only thing we can compare it to, right? It's drunkenness that we see with alcohol right. is really the only right. thing we can compare because Scripture doesn't speak about marijuana. Um, yeah. They pull out those verses like anything that comes from the land is of God. Yeah. Like, right. Sure, to some extent. Right. But right. sugar comes from the land, and that's going to kill you. So, <laughs> like. Right. And uh, you're keto. Like, you. Yeah. Right? You like, eat sugar. Uh, I don't know about yeah. that. Um, yeah. So, I, I, I think because you can become intoxicated much quicker, that's when we avoid it. Because if I can't have clear thoughts um, and I don't have control over my mind anymore, um, now I'm in a rough spot. Like at that yeah. point, this isn't going to look good. You know, so I have smoked weed. Um, not when I was in Colorado, actually. Just uh, like just last all week. my friends. No, all my friends. It's been years, years. Um, all my friends in high school. I think every one of my best friends went through a major stoner phase um, huh. in high school. And uh, it's still... I tried it multiple times and I had like a couple fun experiences where it was like very fun, but dude, Oh, sorry. Bumped my mic, but I've had a lot, like many more experiences that were just like hyper paranoia, um, just in my head, like thinking a million miles an hour, like figuring out the most complex conspiracy theory uh, possible, you know? And, uh, and just, uh, it's just very weird, you know, but it is like, it is something that takes your focus off of like normal life and puts it on, I don't know, on you or on some abstract idea, but I don't think none of the times I, I smoked the herb derb, um, did I ever, uh, feel like it put my focus right on God. And again, I'm not an expert on that. Um, but I, I think there's something to calling uh, alcohol spirits, like people call liquor spirits, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't have any great thinking on this, but I just, I guess as I think about uh, pot or the herb derb, um, it's like, it is kind of a spirit in and of itself, not necessarily yeah. spirit as like an ethereal spirit, but it uh, has a unique effect on people compared to whiskey or um, vodka or a beer or a glass of wine or a yeah. whatever else, you know, like it, it definitely has an effect. And I don't know. I don't know. I think if it's taking your uh, worship, which is maybe, maybe we should define what worship is, but maybe like, a, and I'm not going to look it up, but maybe if it's taking like the thing you're most focused on, mm-hmm. And shifting that away from any time you'd be focused on God and putting it on mm-hmm. something else, maybe that's like you're worshiping something else, you know, and, and you shouldn't be. 
Yeah, and it comes to the addiction piece too, right? Like, yeah. Uh, and there's this is anything. Like, food can be my addiction or my coping mechanism yeah. that keeps me from Dude. dealing with my issues or causing me to to go down these trails that are away from Jesus, right? Like, it could be almost anything. Um, I don't know if I have a real strong opinion on marijuana or not marijuana. Um, I think you're in gray area, and maybe it wasn't always gray, but it's gray now, whether we yeah. want to accept that truth or not. Um, and I think it's worth, like, it. it's worth you digging into it. Like, if you're like, why well, I want to smoke weed? Like, why do you want to smoke weed? What What are you really looking to pull out of that? Uh, and I know there's there's medical, there's, you know, scientifically medical proven reasons to to smoke marijuana um, or to ingest it, I should say probably not smoke it because no doctor's going to tell you smoking is good for you, but um, no matter what you're smoking. um, So I, I I could go either way. Um, Like I have issues with prescription medication as well and how the reliance that we have on, on certain depression drugs and those kinds of things. Like, um, yeah, I understand you need it um, to some extent, but there's a high level of addiction attached to it. And now you're in this weird place of, do you really need it or you just believe you need it and now your body's craving it because you've convinced yourself to, it's the same thing with marijuana. Right. You really need it. Um, Does your body just, you know, it's gotten to a place where it's believed that it desperately needs it. And now you're in that, that cycle of that, um, taking your focus away from, from Jesus. But there are so many pills out there that are insanely addictive and that the companies that produce them know are insanely addictive and they do it on purpose. And not that that relieves all responsibility off the people who are super addicted to them, but, but to me, that's really messed up, man. I, that just, that bugs me. That's like, you know, we got this product and and that's true of tobacco companies too. You know, we got Mm -hmm. this product that we know you're going to be super hooked on Coca-Cola, same thing, Mm -hmm. caffeine, you know, you're going to be so hooked on it, on the sugar, on the Coke, uh, on the caffeine, on the nicotine, on the xanax whatever it is that that's the messed up part that's the most messed up part is somebody's like out there actively marketing and pushing it when they know maybe there's better ways to get that caffeine or that nicotine or that whatever you know um way better ways and uh i don't know that's messed up to me just for the bottom dollar right it's about making money yeah unfortunately yeah 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 i I think no matter what it is, whether it's one of these three things or something else, like if you don't have the ability to give it up mm. for a season, um, I, I think yeah. there's some concerns in that. Like, yeah. you know, um, when I fast, like I'm fasting from these things as well because, like, one, you don't want to be drinking on an empty stomach. Drunkenness comes much quicker right. at that point. Right. Um, you know, even with, with cigars, which yeah. I, you know, smoke cigars from time to time, you know, with friends, um, like even with that, on an empty stomach, yeah. like that's going to create some bad experiences for you. Um, yeah. I think you just have to do your own research and, and really dig into these things. And, you know, for me, I've never smoked. Um, I've never smoked marijuana either. Um, yeah. And mainly because I just watched, you know, my brother got in a lot of trouble for it in the middle of middle yeah. school, which is always mind boggling to me. He was growing <laughs> his own plants, like super <laughs> entrepreneurial for a seventh and eighth grader. Uh, but I like, watched him like get busted by my parents and just, everything that came along with that. So I've always avoided it um, because I just didn't want to go down those roads. Um, 
and then you know with with smoking i've never i've never really smoked cigarettes either uh, mainly because like i've watched family members struggle with trying to quit and um just the the highly addictive nature of it uh, yeah so i've always I never liked it. cigarettes i had them uh in high school like i, I didn't buy them uh, but yeah. friends would have them and be like okay i'll have a uh, we'd call them cigardews and weed was cigardones that's nice cigardews cigardones cigardews and cigardones yeah and uh yeah dude they like the next day when you smell your clothes it's just like oh that's so bad yeah. um, i felt it with coffee yeah, yeah. like really? you spend any time in a coffee shop and the next day smells like old cigarettes to me like you that's go to wash your hair in the morning you're like oh it's like old cigarettes it's disgusting <laughs> that's funny you just offended yeah. so many more people with that they so did. dude how do we be how do we be wise about it because i think especially with uh alcohol um, yeah. You and I are both kind of moderates of it's okay mm-hmm. to drink um, and you're not supposed to get drunk. That is a sin. Mm-hmm. Bible's really clear on that in a mm-hmm. lot of places. I don't have any uh, references pulled up, but there's a lot of times when it is very clear um, yeah. that Jesus is not about, not cool with drunkenness. Yeah. Um, so, but how do we be wise about it? Like practically, yeah. say say you're 20, I think, turning twenty one next month. How well, yeah. what's your guidance? I I think with all three of these things, um, it, it, I think it's important, just in general, um, that we shouldn't moralize them. Like alcohol is neither good nor bad. Um, you can do good things with it. You can do bad things with it. Um, it doesn't really have a position or a moral position. I guess is a better way. Cigarettes, the same thing. Granted, you know they are shown to cause cancer and probably don't want to go down those roads but i'm not going to say that they're sinful in and of themselves and i'm not going to say weed is sinful in and of itself um but i also put that with a caveat saying i don't really know or have done research in weed i just don't really go down those roads um but like with alcohol like there is a clear line right it's drunkenness now you have the argument um from a lot of people that said well you don't know when you're drunk or when you're not drunk um so just avoid it altogether and I get that argument, and that's fine. And if you, you make the decision of I'm not going to drink, that's just not my thing. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. That's that's your decision. But to say that's your decision and then you say everyone that does do it, though, is sinful, like that's where I have a problem um, because yeah. it's not that's not true. No, no scripture um, supports that, that stance. Scripture yeah. does support the stance of drunkenness. And I can tell when I'm buzzed and I can tell when I'm drunk. Granted, I haven't right. been drunk since high school, but – um, like I know the lines, um, you, yeah. you avoid those lines and you know, if it's one beer, it's one beer. Um, and I know that's my line. Like if it's one glass of bourbon, I know it's one glass of bourbon and that's my line. Um, and if I can't give it up, then I have a real problem, but yeah, that's not yeah. my issue. Um, and I think with, with cigarettes, <clears throat> um, I'm not going to say they're sinful or not sinful, yeah. but from a standpoint of like, destruction like destructive to your life they're highly destructive that's proven by science even those that smoke it's going to tell you it's highly destructive right. um and it's a you know are, do you want that kind of destruction in your life and um you know if you're a teenager and you think it's cool and this is the route you're going down like i'm telling you i know a lot of people that that thought it was cool too and started smoking in high school or chewing in, in high right. school and and now they don't know how to stop Right. Um, they've tried multiple times and they can't get away from that addiction. Why would you ever want to have something control you like that? So avoid it altogether. Like I get it. Um, same with alcohol. Yeah. Like if you yeah. can't drink in a moderate fashion in a social, you know, in a social environment, then, then don't drink. Right. Um, and the other part is like, 
with all of these things, like if my drinking is going to cause you to stumble or going to cause yeah, issue for you, point. then I'm not going to drink in front of you. Yeah. Like that's not loving you as Christ called me to love you. If I'm yeah. going to be tempting you with this thing that you shouldn't be tempted with, cause you know where you go. Right. right? Um, you know, it's just kind of right. one of those things. And, you know, I have, I have, you know, alcoholism that runs in my family. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the reasons my mom, um, didn't really drink, um, you know, through my growing up years. Um, yeah because her, her dad was a high, you know, a heavy alcoholic and, um, mm. you know, the pain that that caused, she avoided it. Um, yeah. and she reminds me on a regular basis cause she knows I drink bourbon, um, of, you know, you have alcoholism that runs in your blood 100%. Uh, yep. and if it ever came to that point, like we'd, we'd, pl- we'd, we'd be cutting yep. it out very quickly. The, yep. the second I, I felt a hint of any of that. Um, yeah. but I don't. Yeah. So I think, you know, be extremely careful. You're just turning 21. Um, I don't honestly think that the whole being drunk is a great experience. Um, yeah, there's definitely parts of being drunk when I was in high school that I don't remember. Um, right. And for my personality type, that feels extremely out of control and probably yeah. why I avoided yeah. all those things since yeah. those moments. But mm-hmm. um, like, it may feel fun in the moment, but there's always going to be um, consequences on the other side and consequences you're going to have to deal with. And um, you yeah. never want to get to a place where you can't control something like you have no self-control yeah. anymore, uh, no matter what that something may be like, you've got to be paying attention. Um, so I, I think have conversations with people around you, get their viewpoints. And why do they have that viewpoint? Um, yeah. you know, what would, you know, I, I think for me, like there's a lot of things that I do to push against what people believe to be morally right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like, yeah. so I do things because I know that you're not going to like them right. necessarily. Streaking, like when you went streaking. Yeah. Like when I went streaking stadium. Yeah. That soccer stadium a couple weeks ago, yeah. um, which was weird. Cause like the soccer stadium was empty still. Nobody was there, COVID, but you, you just you ran still through like, it. Yeah. It was, yeah. it's the only time I was going to do it. Like I'm going to do with people <laughs> around. That's embarrassing. <laughs> it was cold outside. It was um, cold. Just yeah. Kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Um, we won't go down that road. I apologize. Um, so like have conversations about it, be open and honest about it. I, I think when we demonize these things, if we're talking to parents, like we yeah. demonize some of these things. And now it's like this child that's in their teenage years and just wants to have their own identity and, and push back against some things um, are going to try these things and go down these roads. And, you know, right. one thing we know as followers of Jesus, that we obey the laws of the land. That's the command that Christ gave us. Um, that, you know, we're subject to governing authorities. So yeah. um, as long as they're not in violation of God's truth, um, then at that point we're, we're going to obey them. So if you're under 21 yeah. years old in, this, in the United States at this point, you can't smoke weed, you can't smoke cigarettes, and you can't drink. Um, yeah. Oh, that's crazy. I forgot they made the, the age 21 recently. They instituted it all right before, right when COVID ah, started. It was like that's crazy. They're covered. I totally forgot that. But yeah, man, it is, um, it is like, there are some clear lines. Like, uh, if you know somebody's really struggling with one of those things and you do it in front of them, then yeah. man, that's being, that is not selfish. That's, that's, there's so many things. Yeah. You're tempting somebody. You're like, ah, like dangling it, you know? Yeah. But, uh, I don't know, man. But aside from that is just moderation. Be wise. Um, and again, I don't know much about weed, so this is much more tobacco or alcohol. Yeah. Uh, moderation. Be wise. Don't don't rush into it. Don't try to 
do it to look cool because it's it's not that cool you know um i think i think a glass of red wine uh with a steak is like amazing you know it's like the best combination um but you only get that if you understand kind of moderation of it and not the i'm gonna go crazy on this i want to be blackout i want to forget stuff all of that you know well and like if that's where you're at too that's where you find yourself of um, you know, I want to start drinking now. Maybe you haven't drunk your whole life and, you know, now you're in your mid twenties and you're like, I'm, I want to drink. Um, yeah. why do you want to drink? Like what, what's behind yeah. that decision? Like yeah. you've gone, you know, multiple years at this point and not drunk. Um, and you've been legally allowed to, why, why are you choosing to do it now? Like dig into that, like get down to the motive of it. If, like, are you depressed? Are you frustrated? Do you feel extremely yeah. stressed and you think these are going to calm you down or, right. or you know, ease that stress? Like, that's not a reason to get into to anything, let alone right. into right. one of these things. Um, yeah. But, like, I, I think motivation is, is key to everything that we do, um, not just yeah. these three things. It's what's the real motivation behind it? Like, what are you trying to, to get to the root of? And, um, you know, I think of, like, I know individuals that are on, you know, uh, THC, CBD stuff, um, for anxiety and it's legitimate and they've tried all the other prescription drugs and this is the thing that keeps them level, um, and doesn't have the same side effects or control that maybe the other drugs, prescription drugs that they had. I, it's hard to argue with that. Um, that if this is the thing that's leveling them out and they need that, um, because of certain brain chemistry, um, like, is that better than Zoloft and, yes. and these other big ones? I, I think I so. I think it is. Yeah, um, I definitely think So that's is. hard. Yeah. Um, and CBD by itself, like, that is proven to have um, regeneration effects and, and all of those types of things. Like, that's proven by science. It doesn't have THC in it. Um, the church is probably pretty, pretty hesitant because it's connected to marijuana, and we're just 100% right. against right. marijuana. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I think... I think CBD is, there's no issue with that at all, but yeah, it's, uh, I don't have like a super passionate stance on all of this. As you probably can tell, it's not like the thing I wake up and and think I'm going to crusade against that. I'm going to focus on that. I'm going to convert people to Jesus with that. But, um, but I do. Over a joint. It's like your thing. (laughs) You're like, oh, I brought like 17 people to Jesus over a joint. (laughs) Wait, how'd you do it? Uh, we were in a circle and we were passing. Yeah, I have <laughs> two so joints. many questions. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but um, but I do think it's something that when you get to the point of addiction or reliance on any of these substances, it can it can definitely weaken your connection with Jesus. Um, yeah, like it can kind of diminish that voice of the Holy Spirit. Yeah speaking to you or it can replace it or just make it a little more dim uh in your life and i don't think that's good by any means i think that like the bible's clear drunkenness is a sin if you're serving another spirit that's a sin if you're worshiping something that's not god that's a sin um and yeah man it's just i wouldn't wish it on anybody uh including an enemy not that i have a great enemy um in this really you don't have a great enemy no, I don't really have an arching out. I'd like to. Do you have like an fifteen? Crap, That's crazy. Like I don't know what to do with them. Yeah. Just kidding. Well, I have no enemies. Like I've <laughs> been don't. through seasons in my life where you're like, "Holy crap, I really have an enemy." Uh, yeah. Right. But no. But yeah. Not right now. Yeah, it'd be kind of cool to have an arch enemy where it's like the main focus 
of your life is just like, I'm going to break down their empire. And they're like, I'm going to break down your empire. And like, you know, like, uh, like the British and the Scottish back in the day, just totally arch enemies. That's like your um, goal in life. Of like, I just want to be against something <laughs> or somebody, but that's yeah. the reality of like, I was just reading a book called everything is effed. Uh, it's a book on hope, uh, yeah. but he's talking about religion. Fun, fund, um, well, it's really spelled F, um, asterisk CK. So I don't know what that actually uh, spells, but that's what yeah, it's called. F, um, yeah, it's F. not a, it's not a Christian book for those listening. And if you are a Christian and your faith's not strong, it's going to test some, some of those things. So yeah, I don't necessarily don't recommend read. it all the time, but, um, yeah. he, he comes from this perspective of uh, religion and he defines religion as any type of ideology. So like being a Republican is some form of religion. Mm-hmm. Um, really it's, I have a belief and a hope uh, that yeah. once this, we get to this place, everything's going to be better. And he argues through all these things. Um, and I think, and one of the things he says, this is why I bring it up is, um, we have to draw, draw these lines in the sand. Like it's the one thing that keeps our followers towards us. If we can define the enemy, uh, mm-hmm. this has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but I thought it was interesting. So we'll go down this road, but yeah. we have to be able to find our enemy. And when I define the enemy and then it, it actually consolidates my believers or my followers around mm-hmm. me. Um, so we see inside of religion, this constant need of I'm going to define the enemy. That's the enemy. He's evil or he's doing sinful things. So he's evil. Um, mm-hmm. It's actually a tactic to actually keep your followers close to you. It's a controlling mechanism. Um, yeah. And in all reality, as followers of Jesus, there is evil in the world. It's yeah. We call him Satan and, and all the work that, that him and his, his demons do. You know, that's yeah. a real enemy. It's a spiritual enemy. Um, yeah. But in this world, do we really have enemies? Like, I think we call things more our enemy to consolidate our friends, to consolidate yeah. our our followers to consolidate our churches or whatever we, um, as long as they have something to focus on, they're going to be focused on it together. Right. And I think there's this, I don't know, there's extremely uh, high level of unhealth that exists and call people our enemies, but yeah. Okay. So if, if he's saying like the, the cynical view of like religion, all religions is Mm -hmm. defining your enemies so that you can keep your people close and like Mm -hmm. locked in and in this belief system, dude, what is um as you think about like following jesus in the day-to-day life what is the goal (laughs) is it is the goal of following jesus day-to-day and thinking of of his teachings when you're about to have a second or third or fourth glass of bourbon not you necessarily just in this example um if you're like if you're thinking of of his teachings and you're trying to apply them in your life Mm -hmm not just in drinking, but in your everyday life, what is the goal? You know, not the cynical view of thinking all about enemies and keeping sure. people controlled. What's the goal? Like, why should we <laughs> think about Jesus in our day-to-day and his teachings and his example? Um, well, I think it comes back to the great commandments that we said before. Like, the ultimate goal is that we love God and love people. I think why he wants that to be the ultimate goal is that where we, that's where we find true happiness? That's where we find joy. That's where we find peace, and that's where we find a hope that we can actually put our faith in. Um, like when I'm in line with Jesus, and I'm seeking Jesus, and I'm loving Jesus, and I'm spending time with Jesus. There's a level of competence that I now function inside of, and a high level of faith that I function inside of in Him. Um, yeah. That that I look at life and say, "There's nothing that that life could throw at me that's going to derail this." 
Like, no matter how ugly or hard or things, how difficult things get, like, Jesus is still Jesus, and Jesus is still on the throne, so I'm still good. Like, um, you know, he's still in control in the midst of all this. And it's the same with loving people. Like, you know, uh, science now shows this. Like, when we love and sacrifice for others, um, we show gratitude for others. Like, we live in a higher level of hope and happiness than those that don't. So, like, when wow. we give our time, we give our energy, we give our money to others, that's proven to show um, that you live at a higher level of happiness. Or contentment is probably a better way to put it. Hmm. Um, now, this is a core part of our faith, and this is why it's a core fire part of our faith. And now science is catching up to that to say, oh, yeah. like, there's something to this. There's, this is yeah. how you do good, and this is – so, like, it could be selfish. It could f- – like, from a self-perspective, well, I want to feel these things, so I'm going to do yeah. these things. Um, I, I think with selfishness, it starts to muddy some waters. But, yeah, like if science is saying this and Jesus has been saying this since the first century, the church has been or the God has been saying this since the beginning of time, um, that when we sacrifice and love those around us, we have a higher level of contentment, excitement, um, joy inside of this life um, because we're essentially giving ourselves mm-hmm. away. Um, and then the same thing with, with Jesus. I live with a higher level of faith and confidence that he is who he said he, he was. He did what he said he was going to do. And any promises that he's made, he is going to fulfill because he's a man that fulfills yeah. his promises. Right? Like yeah. he is a promise keeper. Um, so I, I think that's the goal. That's good, man. And I, I think a lot of people maybe grew up with the view from church of like, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to live by the rules the Bible sets out all of that, because if I do, then I have a ticket into heaven, you know, like it's my, I'm going to live this way on earth and I'm going to live kind of on the line. I'm going to just not do enough bad stuff so that I still get that ticket and get in St. Peter, you know, sings me into the pearly gates um, or whatever. But, uh, but man, I think about, um, dude, this last week, um, like George Floyd killed, murdered on tape tons of people watching what does a murder look like happens to be a white cop black guy i don't know the whole story i don't know what happened but i do know we saw a cop kill a guy and and we saw um we're seeing still our nation rage man like burning cities peaceful protests violent protests a lot of outrage a lot of stances taken and uh and man if I'm just in my faith for just this quick ticket of like, I I just need to do just enough right, just enough good, just enough, just close enough to the commandment that I can get a kind of ticket, a stamp uh, into heaven, then that's, that's not super motivating to me. You know, not yeah. that you said that's what, what the goal is, but, but if I'm looking around and I'm like, the kingdom of heaven is here and now and today and I'm a part of it because I'm a follower of Jesus. Oh, and you're a representation of it. Yeah. Like even more I'm a, important. Yeah. I'm a, not a gatekeeper. I'm an ambassador of it, yeah. you know? And uh, so if I step into this protest, how do I look different? Um, not, not how do I look different to make a sale, but how do I, how is my spirit different within me? How am I um, at peace with, with the world that's raging around me? How am I, um, concerned for my fellow man in a way that's Mm -hmm. right but not uh i don't know but not but not thinking okay what's the rule here (laughs) you know (laughs) because i feel like alcohol tobacco marijuana all these things that you know um 
our Catholic friends have called vices for years and years. Um, all these things, like, they can be pretty quick to just be a rule. But um, if you're looking through this life with the lens of, like, I'm in the kingdom of heaven here and now, and it'll look different after I'm dead, it'll look different then, but but my goal isn't just to get to dead <laughs> so I can be in heaven. My goal is to like live in the kingdom and bring as many people into it as I can and look mm -hmm. more like Jesus every day mm -hmm. of it. Um, then I think you just start taking a different stance on these things or, or not, not having a cigarette is not a hill I'm going to die on in Jesus name. Like yeah. telling somebody, if you do that, you're going to burn in hell. No, yeah. I don't believe that, man. Um, I don't believe it's good to be addicted to tobacco, uh, but I don't believe that. I'm sure there's plenty of people who were addicted to tobacco when they died that are going to be with Jesus in heaven. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's something that fully disqualifies people. So I don't know. That's that's kind of conflated and, uh, and just going fast. But I don't know. That all kind of sprang to mind as you were talking about what is the goal? Not not yeah. who's the enemy, but what's the goal of living yeah. this way? Yeah, and the and you know we have plenty of verses that we live for the next life, and um, you know we do things in this life um, to receive reward in the next, and that isn't necessary. We're talking about this type of things. If I'm a, if I avoid, avoid the herb herb, then I'm gonna have a bigger mansion in heaven. I don't think that's what right. Jesus is talking about. I think he's talking about right. what you're talking about of like how are you expanding the kingdom in this life or how are you being a part of that? Jesus expands, but um, how are you a part of that? And how are you loving those around you in such a way that Jesus would love them? Um, and how would you love God in such a way um, that would draw you closer to him and in community and in relationship with him? Um, yeah. Those are the types of things that are going to create treasures in heaven. That's what we're chasing yeah. for. And, and for so long, that was always the end goal is like, you come to know Jesus for, for the next life. Well, like, it's not just the next life. It's the life that starts today. Like, you're a new creation now. So live inside that now. And um, as as a new creation of this world, you have powers and you have access that you didn't have to before. Like, yeah. the, the Lord of heaven and earth, um, Jesus Christ, now resides inside of you through the Holy right. Spirit. And all power that was given to him has now been given to you. So what are you going to do with that power? Um, are you going to do it to, to bring more kingdom to earth and see lives transformed and changed by the gospel, um, by tr what true love really means? Or are you going to take that and, and become selfish with it if it was just for me? I'm just going to take it for myself so I'm secure. Um, but right. F the rest of you. Like, I'm not my take, problem. I'm just going to take enough of it so I get in and I'm not going to yeah. think about anybody else. Because yeah. that's complicated and hard. I don't want to oh, do for that. Sure. I just want to get in. For sure, it's complicated yeah. and hard. Like, yeah. I was working at Core Values today, and one of those yeah. core values was we struggle for family. Yeah. Um, because, like, we, we really do. Like, yeah. having a family is a struggle. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, there's also a piece of it. Well, there should be a piece of it that you belong no matter what. Um, but the other side of it, like, it's a struggle to live in unity with people because you're going to yeah. disagree on things. You're going to disagree on important things. And how do you continue to move in the same direction still, though you disagree on those things. Like, there's going to be people that push back against our views on alcohol. They're going to push back on what we said about cigarettes and about weed that, you know, they're going to come back and say, there's no gray area. It's black and white. Weed's a sin. Right. Um, well, how do we disagree in those moments? Um, we both look at Scripture. We're both looking at the recorded Word of God saying, you know, you're making one conclusion. I'm making another. Neither of them yeah. is really sin. 
Um, so how do we, you know, how do we reconcile that and continue to love each other and, and work together? Like, I think that's a bigger piece. I think that's what family looks like is, are we working together for a greater good? Yeah, I think you're totally right. And, uh, and, and I think that the, the gut reaction of weed is a sin and should never be touched. And you're going to go to hell if you, if you do, I think that's maybe like the sin of the day. Um, if you know what I mean, like maybe the sin of this hundred years, um, or one of the sins of this hundred years that people label with that black and white label, because dude, when Jesus was living, breathing, um, I hope I don't botch the story, but, but he walked up and there was a woman who had been caught in adultery. Um, Mm -hmm. and he walked onto the scene as she was about to be stoned. Um, adultery, different kind of stone though. I know yeah, we're talking about nah. weed, but we're talking about actual rocks this time. <laughs> yeah, they had like grapefruit-sized rocks, and they were about to start throwing them, pelting her to death. Because uh, when you got caught in adultery, at least if you're a woman, then uh, you got stoned to death, which is like a horrible way to die. Um, so that's about to happen. And if you die, could have survived it like Paul. Oh, like that yeah. sounds more miserable. Yeah, that does sound bad, but. Yeah, and some they say something like, teacher, what do you say about this? Uh, or maybe he just walks in and stands kind of between what's about to happen. And uh, and he starts writing stuff in the stand and, uh, and says at some point after he's been writing things in the stand and obviously making a scene to where they didn't start stoning this lady, um, he says, hey, let, uh, let whoever doesn't have any sin be the one to th- throw the first stone. Um, and starting with the oldest and ending with the youngest that were about to throw those stones, they walked away. Now, did he write down sins that like affected them? That that was their personal thing that they Mm -hmm. thought nobody knew about. Maybe, um, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what he wrote, but, uh, in the same way that, that drugs or alcohol, depending on your stance, may be the biggest thing or a huge thing, or maybe, Maybe it's Democrat versus Republican or it's white versus black or it's whatever it is. I just invite you to say, if there's one thing that you're like, if you do that, Jesus's grace can't help you. um, I don't know. I invite you to examine that, you know, a little bit uh, because. Oh, it already is instant. It's not even like I invite you to look at it. Like you got to deal with that um, because there's nothing in this side of heaven that can keep you away from the grace of Jesus Christ. Like yeah. his grace was more power. His sacrifice, I should say, is more powerful, um, yeah. greater than any sin that this world can throw out. I know how ugly, dis- destructive, or despicable that sin may be. Yeah. Um, Jesus' sacrifice was greater than it, period. Um, and yeah. if you think that otherwise, you're 100% wrong, and Scripture would tell you that over and over again. Yeah. And Jesus showed us that over and over again. Yeah. He took the things in society that were held up as the most bad, and, and just ripped them to pieces um, and forgave people. You know, mm-hmm. what did he say to that lady afterwards? Um, do you remember in the, at the end of the story, just go and sin no more? When the accusers heard this, this is right after he wrote whatever he wrote in the sand, um, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest. Probably as he was writing them, they're like recognizing, oh, shoot, he's talking to me and I'm out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we don't know for sure. Until Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with a woman. Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Don't, didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I. 
go and sin no more. That's awesome. Yeah, I think like we take those verses as the church and and correcting sinful behavior is important um, and conflict is important and confronting sin is important. I'm not downplaying any of those things. Um, but I think we, we need to look at it in the context of what we're, what we're just talking about. Um, like, you know, um, Paul tells us, like, take the, the log out of your own eye before you take the speck out of somebody else's. Like, I, I think we're so quick to call something sin, and we're so quick to attack in the midst of that because it's the yeah. right thing to do or whatever, um, you know, we want to jump behind um, that we miss, like, the level of anger and hatred that you're functioning inside of to attack that sin is much more sinful um, because you're not loving as Christ loved. You're not trying to um, help that individual find freedom again. You just want to condemn them. One, you feel better for yourself. Who knows? Two, to try to control that person. Um, like there's so many other reasons that play into that. I think it's extremely yeah. important that you take the step back, step back in the midst of those things and say, what do I need to take out of my own heart? And am I approaching this in great love for that individual? Or am I approaching this to be right? Am I approaching this because I need to have an enemy? Am I approaching this? Yeah. And the enemy could be the action. It might not be the person. Um, yeah. Like, what's the real motivation behind it? Like, what's the sin I need to deal with um, so you can help them deal with their own sin? Because in all reality, like, if I come at Andrew, say you're, you're, you're having an affair, um, and I come to you with great anger, um, and I say, you're, you're an effing idiot. Like, what kind of moron would do such a thing to his wife? Like, how dare you um, be, do something so stupid? Like, what's your first response? Well, yeah. most people's first response is going to be, um, you're being attacked. I'm going to defend myself. Yeah. I'm not going to think about my sin in this moment. Like, F you, I'm coming at you now. But if I came to you and say, Andrew, like, like what happened, dude? Yeah. Like, how, how did, how did yeah. we get to this place? Like, right. What happened along the way that, that now we're now now you're at this place you've been unfaithful to your wife and the destruction that that's caused that brings a completely different response um, from right. from you in that moment right like I'm showing compassion yeah. and care because I understand in all reality I could be there just like you are yeah. um, but in this Which moment I'm not there by the way no let's Come just make that super clear <laughs> Jana your husband yeah. is faithful oh, um, he would tell me if he wasn't yes. and then yes. I kick his ass. Yes. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't take my own advice right now in this moment. Um, yes. But, right, like the goal is that they turn from the sin. The goal yeah. is, is that they, they fall in love with Jesus and recognize the destruction that the sin's causing. How I approach that matters. How I approach that is going to dictate what's going to happen next. And I play a major role in that. And I think if you come at it from the perspective I'm going to attack, I'm going to cause harm, and maybe you're not thinking that, but your actions are causing that, I think you're 100% in sin. And you need to repent as well. Yeah. And I think you're going to be held accountable for that one day. You stand before yeah. Jesus, they're going to say, yeah, you're wrong. Like that was sin. You, yeah. you destroyed that individual and they continue down that path because you chose yep. not to love in that moment and show compassion yeah. in that moment. And look at the woman like Jesus looked at that woman and said, sin no more. Like yeah. there's no one here hey, condemning you. I don't condemn you either. <laughs> I could. I don't. Yeah. Uh, now go and sin no more. You know, that's, it's beautiful thing. And that's, that's looking at it through this understanding of what sin is from your yeah. own experience. You know, oh, for sure. I've been that person mm -hmm. sinning in whatever way um, where, where somebody came to me, I, I told them, I, I said my deepest, darkest thing, and they didn't say, 
yeah, well, Jesus hates you because of that, so get out of here. You know? <laughs> like, it was, like, and I've never had that happen, but, um, I was about to say, yeah. you need new friends, Adrian. No, man. And I only said that once. Like, come on. (laughs) Don't hold that against me. (laughs) That's right. No, it's it's people who understand their sin and their own life. When you go to them and they they treat you with that place of, yeah, let's get through this. This, You need grace. You need forgiveness. And I want to see you repent from this. That's the people uh, that you need to go to. And that's the people we got to be is like radically different. Not uh, not I caught you and I'm going to hold this over your head, but like. I'm going to walk with you through this yep. and we're going to get to repentance and it's going yep. to be different. You know, yep. you're going to turn away from your sin and do it no more. Yep. Um, and I'll, I'll even go this far. Like, yeah. you, you know, if your spouse is in the midst of sin, if your child's in the midst of sin, if um, your best friend is in the midst of sin and you feel betrayed, you feel whatever your yeah. primary emotion is anger. You are not the person to confront the sin. Hmm. Like, hmm. sorry. Like you can't do it with a level head. You can't do it without, you know, before you remove the the the, the uh, log from your own eye. Like you're mm-hmm. going to cause more destruction. You're going to cause more sin. Sorry. Like maybe even the person in authority, but you can't mm-hmm. get to that place where you're going to show compassion and love well always yeah. through that situation. Yeah. Then you're not the person to confront the sin because you're not going to do it in the way that Jesus did it. You're not going to do it in the way that's actually going to help and get that person to repent and turn from that sin. You're only going to cause destruction and make it worse. Yeah. Um, so you got to check your own motives. If you're on the other side of it, I'm looking at yeah. sin saying, like, what do I do in this moment? Like, if you can't show compassion, you can't look at yourself and say, man, I could so easily be exactly where that person is. Yeah. Um, there's no humility from that perspective. Then you're not the person. Yeah. Like, you've got to find somebody else. Yeah, you're right. And, uh, man... I know we got to wrap pretty quick, but I, um, as I think about it, uh, it just struck me that maybe for a lot of people listening or a couple of people or one person or something, um, they're in the place where they, they took, um, their sin and they confessed to somebody and got just the, the reaction that Jesus would not give, you know, yeah. the opposite, um, in that moment. Um, and, and, or woman, I just want to tell you, I'm sorry that happened. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you to like, go and read that story about Jesus, um, writing on the ground, um, the story about the woman who had committed adultery, go and read Mm -hmm. the story about Jesus with the woman at the well, Mm -hmm. also adultery. Um, but, um, just examine the stories of Jesus. Just read Matthew, listen to Matthew, listen to it 10 times. Um, and then Mark, then Luke, then John and all the other stuff, but read the new Testament, listen to it and say, just just give Jesus a chance and give Jesus followers a chance because we're not perfect. Um, we're far from it. That's why yeah. we need Jesus because we need him. I need him every day, um, many times a day. And um, I don't know if you got hurt by somebody when you tried to confess, I'm sorry that that happened to you. Yeah. I just want you to look at the person who this is all about, Jesus, you know, yeah. God's son. Um examine the things that that the record of the bible says that he did and didn't do and say do i want to know that guy do i want to be like that guy do i want to be in relationship with him if so then then take the next right step and following him and uh and i'm sorry for the bad experience that uh somebody who said they were following christ uh gave you you well one day yeah yeah um and it's not that jesus dismissed the sin Mm -mm. um jesus embraced the sin forgave the sin 
and then told you to to flee from the sin. And that's the same that we should do as followers of Jesus. This ended in a much different place, uh, Andrew, than I expected it to you. Yeah, me too. Um, But I thought, I think it's great. I I think, I hope people listen. Um, I think this is, this is some powerful stuff. Um, So thank you, Lord Jesus, for um, giving (laughs) us these words. Yes. Um, Thank you, Lord Jesus, that uh, you were in the midst of our lack of planning, if we are 100% transparent and honest. Um, uh, in the midst of that, that you are still good. And you you don't know this as listeners, you know, we do beg Jesus um, as we start this thing to be in the midst of this thing because we generally want to help. Uh, We generally want people to find hope again that's that's only found that we believe in Jesus. Um, We generally want to see people's lives transformed and changed by the gospel, whether it's for the first time or for the thousandth time. Um, We believe the gospel is still moving and changing our lives and our hearts. Absolutely. Um, So, hey, thank you so much for listening. If you haven't subscribed to us, please do. Yep. Um, Andrew, any last words? Yeah, just uh, no, not any any crazy last words, but... Um, thanks for listening if you did and Josh thanks for the good conversation man I'm excited where this ended uh, even though we didn't plan super well for it but I think it I think it honored God and I hope it helps people so yeah Amen. hey we love you guys we are praying for you guys have a great week